Be sure to share the podcast on your favourite social media channels. I had zero interest in it, like I said, for so long. And I had a, a dream interview um, at the beginning of our relaunch when uh, Gary joined. And it was uh-huh. Ellie Neidhart. She's... Th- Sounds really oh, familiar. Oh, I bet it does. It's Jim the Anvil Neidhart's wife. It is... Yeah, dude, it's it's Natalia's mom. Wow. It's yeah. Brett's sister. It, she, I, I just saw Natalia yesterday. Dude, uh, we know her. She's right around the corner. That's we, amazing. Um, we work out at the That's same crazy. place. She's super nice. That family is so amazing. But uh, before we get started, awesome. this is Joseph Grable. He's a filmmaker, actor, and podcast host in LA um, and is known for Searching for Happiness podcast, which I really like. I love the breadth of content that's on there. So many different topics, which is near and dear to my heart because that's what we try to do here. But more more so, Joseph is an advocate for uh, not just a specific condition, but he does understand what it's like to live on what other people would consider the precipice of danger with having 10 heart surgeries and faced uh, with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Um, Joseph, welcome to the show. Yes. I'm super stoked to meet you. I want to continue this for a moment, though. Wrestling yes. and Ellie Neidhart, Natalia, that whole family, amazing people. Like you could not imagine like the kindness that you feel when you get around them. Uh-huh. And Ellie was oh, telling wow. us stories about like, oh yeah, I would sit on Andre the Giant's lap or some shit like that. And I'm like, and uh, you know, the Iron Sheik slept on the couch and I'm like, oh, like just sitting there You're like, like peeking out, right? And I thanked uh-huh. her, you know, I wanted to thank her because Back then, this dude was traveling on a bus all over God's creation, talking to her from fucking motels on pay phones. Like, that's hundreds and hundreds of dollars in fucking quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Or collect it's calls so back then. Thousands of dollars just to to talk to his family. You know, keeping in mind that he's out there entertaining uh-huh. us for like in 275 days a year or some shit. Right? It's so crazy how much they, even now, it's even way more intensive. Like the workload is even way more intensive. I always tell people, I was explaining this with my wife because she, you know, she views them as, you know, fake and stuff like that. I was like, that's not the purpose of it. They're acrobatists. I was like, they are people that are there to create a certain type of art to entertain people who enjoy that type of art. You know what I mean? And she, and then when I told her in that form, she was like, Oh, like a light bulb went off in her head. She's like, oh, like that's actually really awesome. If you combine a Spanish soap opera or a soap opera from here and anime, you get wrestling. Everybody jumps around with fucking drama. 
dude everywhere it's like it's true. like you would it's have true. each and every everybody's got a storyline everybody's <laughs> invested everybody's career is in it you go to anime everybody's got some kind of lineage they've come from some kind yeah. of struggle they're the next the villains are the dude uh-huh. it is those two things anime and soap operas equals wrestling even the high flying and shit yeah yeah no i've been really invested in it this last year because you know growing up i could never afford to go to a live event or i could never afford to like really even watch it to be honest like i just wasn't like i was just in the hospital in and out so much or like my brother was dealing with this cancer stuff or whatever the issue might have been i had never been able to ever see these things in person before never like a basketball game never a baseball game and so like the last two years i've just been on a binge of like going to all these live events and wrestlemania was coming i was like yo i was like i dropped a lot of money on the tickets too i was like so what if i'm ever gonna do yeah exactly exactly like, if you i'm ever gonna die do with this, a high right. score fuck money yeah, that's what like, i'm saying just fucking do saying. it if you're doing what you that's love what money will come afterwards Oh, I explained that to my wife because I dropped the money on the tickets. And I was like, babe, I was like, I'm going to make this money back in like two weeks. So not even that, like not even that amount of time. Like, and I was explaining to her, I was like, you got to understand, like when you don't, like when you have these dreams as a child and then you get the opportunity to take them and you have the money to take them, you should take them no matter what. And she kind of was looking at me like, well, even if we're tight on money, I was like, especially when we're tight on money, because that's when. That's when these things always happen the most is when you're tied on money. I was like, so, you know, you just got to live it up. And like, I I really just wanted to, I just wanted to see WrestleMania in person. So I was like, oh, so we're going to do this again. That is perfect. It is the way that you should live life, right? Because Uh if you're not embracing the moment, then you're Uh giving away the only time that's real right i agree you don't know what anything else is except for what's happening right fucking now and you've got to embrace those moments and i love that you pointed Uh out when you deny yourself or are denied not deny yourself but are denied the ability to enjoy what you see other people enjoy due to whether it's Uh a medical situation or socioeconomic or racial divide whatever it is something that you want to partake Uh in that you can't and you're revisiting it in your adult life right so i believe that that's also you know how career paths and reinventions work you always come back to being a kid right i I believe that that's just how it works or you just ride the rock Uh and it's not your turn kind of scenario right Uh but i believe that giving our child our inner child a chance to have and experience the things that we thought or were told they weren't supposed to have for whatever reason is liberating because you're re-identifying with the the most pure form of yourself you can be an adult and Uh be a child go fucking high five jack black that motherfucker's successful and acts like a looney tune he plays a fucking plastic Uh toy saxophone and gets a million views I ran into him. I ran into him at so, uh, like a fuck. Did a you cry one time, and like actually. hug him and thank him? Almost. Like I would. I well, it was during COVID. It was during COVID, so like I wasn't <laughs> allowed me. to really hug. I would love stuff. to see somebody hugging <laughs> exactly. Jack Black during a fucking pandemic. That's a short, dude. You need to call him up, dude. and you should say, 
what really happened versus what could have happened he'd probably be all yes. over and you could be like the you know how they do like instagram they're like nah, 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 nah. you know they mm-hmm. show like the fucking beach house and then they pan over and it's like fucking yeah. a slum or some shit like that you could be like how we really met that's how the la pandemic. streets are though <laughs> oh, that's, yeah that's, that's florida, how la streets dude. are like dude it's florida too oh my so we'll be i live off of uh wilcox and sunset and that's like right next to the Hollywood police station. I mean, literally like next to it, like right on the corner. And that is the worst area I've learned to live. <laughs> that so is the absolute worst this, area to live. You're saying, what'd you say? Hollywood and Sunset? Imagine. Hollywood and Sunset, Imagine yeah. if we went back to like the days of the Viper Room. And somebody was telling mm. someone there inside the Viper Room that, yo, Sunset and Hollywood is going to be homeless Grand Central like you've never seen. They'd be like, what are you fucking talking about? Not Hollywood it's and Sunset. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so wild, dude. You'll be like, um, you'll literally just be like standing at the famous Hollywood and La Brea or Hollywood and Vine intersections. And just be like a homeless dude smoking rocks next to you. And you're just like, that's brutal. I don't, I was like, there's a kid right here. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, Look, man, we just had egos. We just had egos. Yeah. <laughs> Can you not huff on the past pipe? I need you to take a break right. for just a minute. Me and Johnny it's- are going to get the daycare. Just hold on to a puff. Right? <laughs> well, it's so bad, too. You'll go into these. It's 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 so horrible to say it, but I feel like L.A. kind of influences it more because you go into, like, these smoke shops or these vape shops, and they sell the crack pipes. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> they sell the crack pipes there. We have woven a tapestry of ridiculous restrictions and weirdness that we move through to justify or not justify or be able to obtain or not be able to obtain loopholes and weird shit. But in reality, we're talking about holding a glass pipe, right? And it's, it can't be sold, but not the crack. And the crack could be legal in Washington now, but not over here. And no, but nobody that's on drugs and if you've committed a crime you are no longer a mental health patient now you are a penal patient doesn't matter your your mental health is not a factor anymore it is not the reason you were on drugs <laughs> you are now on drugs because yeah, you're a piece 100%. of shit what the fuck right, we just weave like, this right, weird ass sure. scenario where you get off you go to jail you get this you get a vacation in new mexico in a fucking yurt and you go to fucking la county jail right this is how it's fucking this is how it's done we just said I'm, I'm fresh it's off true. of a, a talk with a civil rights attorney um in new mexico we had our oh, last wow. episode about like the medical conditions in a prison stuff like that it was unbelievable wow. before we get too far off though i want to veer back yeah and i want to stop on the 100%. topic of creators because we were in that wrestling genre and i don't think that people utilize the correct terminology when they're describing wrestling like you said earlier you have to use metaphors and analogies Uh to get the right people to understand it if you didn't grow up with it or love it for what it is right but at its core it's a creator it's somebody that's putting something together out of pure joy and love there's a reason why 
people flock to wrestling, right? It's not because Uh it's fucking well-organized or it's scripted correctly or everything's running smoothly because it's not. We've all seen her eat shit, Uh fall on their face, do something wrong. You know, there's real injuries and all sorts of shit going on. Oh, yeah. Right? They're jumping 20 feet in the air. Like, (laughs) bad acting. Like, the worst of the worst of the worst of acting, right? Yet we all sit there and stare. Here's why. Yeah. Everybody up there, the ones that we love, legends are the ones that we love, and legends are people that are being themselves. The ones that are up there Mm -hmm. and they're acting in the moment exactly how they feel, having a blast, getting up excited to go to work, that's also musicians, that's also fucking actuaries. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be any career, but uh-huh. we will flock to them and watch them because everything is created out of love and authenticity, uh-huh. right? So you yourself have gone through trials and tribulations like no other, right? But also they're all For about sure. perspective, right? Everybody's lenses uh-huh. are different. But you seem to uh-huh. have landed in a world where you're an actor, a creator, a podcaster, how did being or becoming a creator help you navigate these trials and tribulations? Oh, wow. That's a really good question, man. Um, You know, I think at a really young age, I decided I wanted to be a creator. Um, I always, you know, I grew up in hospitals, you know, like you said, I had a bunch of heart surgery. So like a lot of that obviously took a lot of, you know, uh, 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 repair time, I guess you could say, you know, it took a lot of time to repair my body. And so recovery, you had to lay there and what, get better. Yeah, yeah. Recovery. There we go. Yeah. 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 100% recovery. And so all I ever could do is like, I literally like half the time I, I remember I was so little. Um, but like, I remember there's so many times I just couldn't move my body Bang. because it, like my whole chest was like literally opened up. And so all I could do is like tilt my head up and watch movies for like a long, a good amount. Every time I went in for surgery, pretty much. And then like after I would leave from surgery and I'd have that recovery time, that's all I would do at home too, is just watch movies and watch movies. And so like I knew at a very early age, I think I watched Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Great movie. And live great nudes. Movie. I was like, live nudes. Yeah, and my, I wipe my own ass. I was like the best line every time. <laughs> yeah. I wipe my own ass. Like he says it like over and over, and they taking him away. But I wipe my own ass. I've always, <laughs> still to this day, I want to do the stick in the rollerblade. Oh, dude, it's something uh, about day, a spinning wheel with spokes, or you know, something that has the ability to fall immediately. We all want to test that. Uh-huh. We just want to, I, you know, like, oh, dude. Like I, feel I almost said something horrible. Like hey, I have a dark sense of humor, and um, one of my friends he has uh, cerebral palsy, and it's not the one that's probably listening right now. It's a different one, and he always, you know, we have these dark jokes back and forth. And um, I remember I sent him uh-huh. a meme once, and it kind of applies to this. And it was somebody being held in a corner in a wheelchair by a broom through the spokes in the back of their tires. <laughs> fucking funny it was like time out for you know somebody i was like oh my god 
<laughs> like this is horrible, but it was fucking funny. I'm like, you know, you can't move. Cause hey, like, man, you gotta have dark. You gotta have dark humor in these days, man. I have so much dark humor. It's not it's so bad. It's so bad how much dark humor I have. But I mean, like, it's just all the stuff I've been through too. I'll make jokes and people just be like, I'd be like, I'm like, I was like, you know, when you live through certain things, it's funny. I guess it's not really funny to some people, but I know what you mean, dude. It's just like. <laughs> That's I can't funny. That. I don't care who you are. That's funny, right? right? Like, I right? mean, unless 100%. you were like cornered in some kind of situation and a serial killer had you like tied up in the corner in a wheelchair with a fucking, so, you know, it doesn't apply to you. Which is like, right? which is like way less than a 1% chance. So. Way less. More likely that's not a uh, yeah, porn than 100%. anything else. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, so you find yourself in a hospital bed and a very, very mm -hmm. brief scenario where I spent some time in a hospital bed for like uh, three or four weeks and yeah. nowhere near what you could have gone through. But I do understand when you're sitting there and you can't move, um, you, you have to just use your imagination or play out scenarios in your head mm -hmm. or take on what's on the TV and give yourself entertainment. What if I was this person? What if I was that person? I would argue uh -huh. if you've been living in a manner where you want to get as much out of life while you can, you know, given any kind of scenario, I think that you picked the absolute best career path for someone to enjoy the human experience at a maximized pace, right? Because wow, I never thought about it like that. Here's the thing. There's actors and then there's actors. I was talking to my wife about this just yesterday. I said, there's a difference. There's someone that is acting and there's someone that's trying to convince you. Two different uh -huh. people. I hate convincers. Uh -huh. If you're doing so much in front of me, you want me to believe you're that, I'm not going to accept it. It's going to look weird to me. But if you believe you're that, if you're the uh -huh. actor that is method acting or believing you're homeless or believing you're a killer or believing you're, you know, a romantic interest or whatever it uh -huh. is, then you are living the human experience. What people don't get is that actors chose a career with all the masks. You chose one with one mask and you tied yourself to it it's fucking corporate johnny or cubicle johnny or gas station you know amanda or whoever that's your mask that you chose and you're pissed because you know what's funny is we'll donate all of our fucking free time the little bit that we have that mindful moment uh -huh, outside yeah. of working that one role we'll look at you on the screen for that hour we'll stare at you right and be envious of the fact that you can be anything you want to be every other fucking episode of something. How weird is that? It's, we it's know, really weird. We know we're socially conditioned. Uh-huh. Right? We know we are, but we are afraid to admit it. So we are enamored uh -huh. with those in front of us that are authentic or pursuing things that we love to watch. Yet, uh -huh. we're not taking it for what it is. Instead of being envious, we should be grateful. 
that they uh -huh. have found their calling. That there's someone that is willing to love themselves enough to stand up in front of everybody to do the things they're most inclined to do, which will not be the societal norms, which will not be uh -huh. one mask. It'll be many or it'll be none. And none is the best. Right? Uh -huh. And 100%. I think that that's amazing that you found that career path. I just want to point that out because I hate when people say actors don't Thank have you. an opinion. Like, when the fuck did you yeah. ever sit down and pretend to be a homeless man for a fucking month, you empathy fucking idiot? Yeah. Like, when did you ever sit down with an actual actor? You know what I mean? Like, or, yeah, that too. But that's my thing. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Problem is, media portrays actors, actresses, or people in, uh, you uh -huh. know, some kind of famous role as idiots or. Uh -huh. Everything is hyper-examined, magnified, and only the things that are bad, only the things that would be construed as some bullshit. But at the same time, uh -huh. they're fucking humans. Like, Yeah, 100%. Beyonce gets diarrhea, dude. <laughs> That's Yo, the I tell people this all the time. Tell me! I see celebrities at parties all the time, and I tell my friends all the time, you do not realize how incredibly normal it is to just walk past a celebrity here, and then you won't even realize it's them. You won't even realize it's them, because they're just so normal. They're probably shorter than you would think they are. They're not as bulky shorter as you think they would be. Shorter is always the surprising one. Shorter can be astonishing, because camera work. Yeah, the one that blew me away, uh, I didn't meet him personally, but I was in the same room as him, was Robert Downey Jr. No. And he's he's Iron Man, man, and that dude's like 5'8". <laughs> I'm taller than Robert Downey Jr. I was like, yo, like I'm taller than Iron Man. I love Robert like, Downey that, Jr. I think he is a fucking hero to the human experience oh, for amazing, all the shit that he's done. Amazing, man. But it is funny to mm -hmm. think that Iron Man is the size of Tin Man. Like, <laughs> it's fucking... <laughs> it's crazy. Dude, Tom Cruise is even shorter, man. Oh, Don't yeah, dude. He's trial size. Yeah, too Like that, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. No, uh, dude. We're like That's just the thing. banging it's on like celebrities just... now. Gary's going to be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, for everybody yeah, listening... I'm really bad at hosting shit. Like, I could talk to people, but I don't fucking keep up on anything of the stuff we're supposed to talk about. For those of you tuning in, Gary is in Milwaukee for Jorge Masvidal's upcoming boxing tournament with some of the biggest headliners out there. Gary's been doing phenomenal film work with them. Um, you got Vitor Belfort. You've got Jose Aldo, Anthony Pettis, Roy Jones Jr., fucking uh, Jeremy Stevens. It, it's it's insane. Pearl Gonzalez. Like, the fights are insane. Um, but he's been doing amazing work there. So he's not on the show periodically. He comes on when he can. We're working on some stuff on the side. We're uh -huh. still putting together the uh, second show. I think we've discussed this a couple of times. We're not too far out. That's Shell Toes and Elbows. That's going to be all about the intersection of hip-hop music and professional fighting, walkouts, all that kind of stuff. We're going to have fighters on, artists on. We're going to discuss, you know, what gives them their passion, where they get their, derive their inspiration from. I love hearing, this is Gary's show. This is Gary's dream. This is something he's wanted to put together. I get to sit in the fucking side chair and just wise ass because I'm not a fighter. One of these guys are probably going to fucking crack me in the mouth. I told Gary, I'm going to get hit at some point by one of these dudes because they're not going to know I'm joking about something. But, mm -hmm. right, so that show is being put together right now. We've got an A-list of fucking the combat sports who's who. 
coming mm. on. So Gary's out there working on that. He's putting some content together. And um, awesome. we appreciate you listening and asking where he is. That makes me happy because I know that he's a great contribution to the show. And uh, to know that he's missed, it knows it means that he's contributing. So I appreciate you, Gary. Let's get back into business. Yes, Tell sir. me something. Where shall we start? Tell you something. Oh, man. Let's see here. Don't you I love don't know, like uh, being put on the spot like that? I didn't even give you a question. I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't um, we do this? Why don't we give yeah, your, your passion uh, a chance to be discussed? And that is searching for yeah. happiness, right? Yes, sir. Tell me 100%. about this show, your guests, what you're trying to achieve. Yes. Thank you so much for asking. So yeah, I have my own podcast uh, called Searching for Happiness. It's also a mental health podcast, much like this one. Um, you know, and kind of, you know, my passion for it started about, I'd say two years ago, really. Um, that's when I first thought of the idea of doing podcasts and that's when like they were booming, you know what I mean? So like everyone was already doing it. So I was like, I don't know if I should. And it was just like this thing where, um, I don't know if I was just like in the shower or if I was somewhere at, a party I, I just don't remember it was either those two spots though where i just thought i was like yo like what if i started talking about like my struggles in my life and then like i brought my friends on and i brought all these other people i meet throughout ho hollywood parties and this and that and i was like oh that would be really cool but then i sat on it for six months because i couldn't think of a name i was like yo what's searching for happiness searching for happiness i'm trying to figure out what that um you know i was trying to figure out that name for so long i was trying to figure out a name that could kind of sum up everything at once if that makes sense <laughs> like because there's so many different yep. topics at in mental health there's so many like there's so many to cover like from sport yeah you don't want to get pegged as the bipolar podcast or the you know the narcolepsy podcast or the i don't know what you don't want to get it this is something that we run into with the tragedy academy because uh -huh. we get both dynamics uh -huh. we get people that want to discuss open topics about like mental health or you know uh situations that they've been through uh with their families and other stuff like uh, that and then we get people that send us like i believe that all we want to talk about is like the worst things that have happened in humanity and i'm like Whoa, sure. pump the brakes can't necessarily sit here and talk about this every day because i'll want to hang myself <laughs> i can't do that there's some episodes i ha I have some episodes i haven't aired because like i have a really hard time being a dick kind of like i, I just can't. have a hard time like, being a dick so like i don't tell a lot of people no i mean i do now but like well when i first started doing my podcast i had a lot sick i had a big trouble not saying no and so i'd get a lot of i don't want to say narcissistic people on there but I got, <laughs> I got a lot of people on there. Yeah, I got a lot of people on there that have been through things, mm. you know, like. And Manifest then it's like your life. The script, exactly. Like, it's just like the same old, same old, like, they came from like a middle class family, really didn't struggle the at script. all. And then like, they're like trying to, trying to be woke. And I'm like, that's not what you told me. So like, sometimes people are completely different on episodes, but like my, my. My whole like thing about it is like I want to be like the next next not like the next ten because I want to be my own entity, my own person, but like the next Jay Shetty 
or the next. Um, I don't know. I even saw John Berthal. He's kind of mixing it up in the mental health world lately with real ones too. And yeah, well, no, that's what I'm saying. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. But that's that's my goal is to have that like level of just, just like be Joseph Grable, influence man. on people though. You You're know what a I mean? cool dude. I appreciate You're it. You're a cool dude. They're not. Uh huh. Just be Joseph Grable because here's the deal, man. If you try to be anybody else, That's you're true. fucking with the recipe. You're already cooked. Why the fuck are you adding other oh, yeah. ingredients? Right? Leave that shit alone. I appreciate Your meal it. is done. Savor that bitch. Share it with everybody. We know. Right? Be Joseph fucking Grable and be fucking cool to everybody like you are. Because when I was listening through your episodes... Uh -huh. What I loved was the, not just the deep talk, but the juxtaposition yes. of how people up. examine the human experience, i.e. stereotypes was one of the things I came across. You guys were talking about like Hollywood stereotypes and I'd love uh -huh. to hear your thoughts on that. And then I kind of want to piggyback on that because it's something that, yeah, that dude, like, popped up in my mind so when I was listening to it. Like, you in, know, like in Hollywood, just thinks can you you're explain rich? what it is that the stereotypes that you were to discussing? Me. Everyone just thinks you're rich, even though you could be struggling crazy. And like, you know, there's stereotypes like, you know, like this is a big one. I'm a white boy, right? So I automatically have zero diversity, like zero, like, you know what I mean? So zero, yeah. But it's very, it, it yeah oh yeah yeah we're I'm totally okay with it but I'm saying it's I, like I'm, that I'm, is a I'm that is a chief. huge stereotype and and, 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 I, and you Hollywood have to be okay with that you know not. that right you have to be okay with yeah. that yeah <laughs> <laughs> I I always saw like <laughs> I always saw this like I came from the wrong Theo house Vaughn, in this like, fucking uh, you know who Theo Vaughn is right <laughs> in this game of yeah, Thrones yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> I saw this one episode where he was like oh people always be talking about white privilege he was like. I missed out on yes, that right, shit. Dude, he's, he's like he's something great. like that. Like I was like, I was like, like because he grew up super poor, and I was like, oh, like I was like, I, I, I like, yeah, like legit. Whoa. And I was, <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> damn, yes, my people. Dude, we didn't have a refrigerator for a long time in a fucking cooler. Our front door was boarded shut. Yeah. The windows were fucking taped up. I had a. I had a fucking skunk yeah. that lived in my wall for like a fucking month that was coming in at night. It was so awful, dude. We lived in a Congratulations. fucking shack. And then I live in a nice home now. I worked in many yeah. careers. I got multiple yeah. college degrees. I played the game. I fucking, yeah, fuck that. I left it all to do podcasting because that was a fucking racket too, right? But I, I love when people yeah. will walk up to you say now- and you don't get any of the struggle before that. Uh, like, I remember I was at Home Depot once and um, the worker there, I'm, it's suburbia and I'm suburbia white guy coming in and I'm asking another grown man, which for some reason, this is an odd dynamic. If you ask yeah. another grown man a technical question, you're immediately subservient to them or you're some kind of rung lower right in the uh -huh. man code if you walk up and you're like hey and this was the question i've never had can lights in my fucking life right i had like one lamp that shocked the fuck out of me growing up and that's it and then some army furniture right so uh -huh. i go in and i'm like 
all right, look, man, I managed to get one of these lights out of the fucking ceiling because we've got like, you know, 12 foot ceilings or whatever. And I'm holding this bulb. It don't look like no fucking light bulb I ever had in my life. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a can light bulb. I'm looking at this thing and it is not one of these things is not like the other. I think that the fuck man, you could probably do a socioeconomic divide test by asking people what the difference between those two light bulbs are. <laughs> that's oh, like, yeah, that's like who's poor and who's not pick a light bulb. Which uh -huh. one is real? Right. But this dude looked at me because I went up to him and I asked him, I was like, Hey man, I just uh -huh. asked him a couple questions and I'm like, you know, how can I, you know, how can I find, um, you know, these or what type should I use? Like, cause there's so many light bulbs now. It's like, fuck dude. Right. So I asked the guy and he's like, you guys never know how to take Yo, care of your house. That's the film business for you. I was like, hold on, man. Like shots fired. What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I was like, first of all, I broke it down for him. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I used to walk down a dirt road with a $1 food stamp to buy my mom a Snickers right, bar dude. so I could get 10 dude, cents out thing. of it to buy some fucking lemon heads, try not to get hit by a semi. My, my, Fuck off with right? a fucking can My biggest light. thing what? I've noticed have shit. in LA is people try to have light? competitions that be a light bulb with my tragedies, a fucking bro. Can. I'm like, like literally. <laughs> like they're trying to yeah yes yes they're like trying to like i'm like yo like this is not a win for any of us right now <laughs> i was like machine what are you what are you arguing me about this isn't a win for any of us bro like i don't understand why you're trying to outdo me <laughs> that's what i'm saying like it's it's so weird and like I don't want to like. I don't want to discredit people, but Hollywood Dude, has the struggle this has become thing. a badge. Yeah, of I don't want to discredit now. anybody, but Hollywood has this. Uh, uh huh. No, no. It's not Hollywood. This is the world you're describing. The world, the victimhood badge of honor. If you can't mm -hmm. make it, you either suffer and hide uh -huh. or you sit in the equivalent chair I tell people all the that time. is the victim all the reasons you're not next to them that is now your badge right well i could have i should have i would have i had of hadn't it not whatever the fuck it is and you'll become that person and you'll say when people come to visit you uh -huh. you know i used to do this or i could have done that or this one time i uh -huh. fucking it's so easy to say that it's so easy to be a victim uh -huh. because it requires no action. Even if you have the fucking stripes, you could have 10 heart surgeries. You could have a crazy ass mm, narcissist mom my thing or a fucking, like, you know, a wild ass fucking bully. Whatever it is, those no are matter, your fucking like, stripes, you man. And like everything that like, so for instance, like when I learned from my heart surgeries, it's like you can go through all this pain. You can go through all these things and at the end of the day the sun's like still not gonna stop for nobody you know what i mean and it's not gonna it's, it's just not unless you really truly get up yourself and you do things yourself nothing's ever gonna get done like it, it truly is and i used to sit there i will 100 admit i used to sit there and think the world owed me something because like of all the things i had been through but like reality was it didn't and nothing really started working until i put the work in you know what i mean and like i i really learned from those struggles and that uh you know all the surgeries is like you can go through everything 
you can you can go through war, you can go through surgeries, you can go through an insanely bad breakup or even worse situations. And but the only person that can pick you up is you. You know what I mean? The only person that can get you out of bed is you. You're the only person that can make you motivated is you. Like I I've spent my whole life here and people be like, you're so amazing and great and fantastic. But none of that, like it feels good and it's great to hear those things. But none of that has truly motivated me. What's motivated me is my own personal struggles and my own personal thoughts. You know what I mean? And so I feel like a lot of people don't even realize that either. It's like you can't even rely on people anymore either. And it's never even been that way in general. You know what I mean? It's never been like, I, I don't know if it's maybe just a younger generation. Like I remember as a teenager, like if you didn't give a certain amount of attention or blah, 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 it was like a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, and now it's just like, yo, like watch for, out for yourself, put in the work and like everything you want will come eventually. It's like my mindset with the podcast for searching for happiness is like, you know, I can't, I might not know what I'm doing now. I mean, this is what I was thinking when I first started. I might not know what I'm doing now, but like in five years, this could be like something really big, you know, if I just consistently do it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You beat 99% of the podcast just by going probably past six months. Uh Right. And, and here's the thing, you know, you're creating from a place of love and passion. So what you're describing here, you use words like motivation, work, and things like that. Motivation, um, we had uh, a guest on that gave the best analogy That's about this. That's a great this, way to put it. And it was, he said, motivation was emotional masturbation. And I was like, for fuck's sake, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Because if it require it for, yeah, because you're only going to have it for a short amount of time and you're using it to spur you to do something you don't feel like doing. Right. So here's the reality. If you love what you're doing and you're getting up every day and doing that, I know that people are like, oh, if you love what you do and you know, they're like, oh, uh-huh. you get, you know, you'll make it, but it's not a lie. But the thing is, is WrestleMania it's even all deeper over than not that, now. right? It's mm-hmm. not wasting the now, right? Because you can't utilize the future or the past. You can't utilize those. But if you stay in place and you simply uh-huh. move and work and move and work, hopefully it's something you love. It will only grow, right? Unless you don't love it. Or unless it's somebody else's that's dream, somebody else's passion. Nobody wants to show like, up everybody or every day. Like, Joseph, well, and like, I remember I literally somebody just went back home dream. to Oregon Not for so two long. weeks ago. I was just in there two weeks ago, and I had a lot of my friends be like, "Oh, like how have you not, you know, like how are you doing all these things?" I was like, "Dude, I was like, it's just what I want to do, and if you're not gonna put in the work, it's never gonna happen. It's never like." Because they'll be like, oh, well, I want to do this and this. I'm like, well, what are you doing about it to do it? They're like, well, I'm like looking into school. I'm like, you're look, I'm like, you're doing nothing about it, bro. Right? That's what you're doing. You're doing nothing about it. And you're complaining to me because I did something about my situation. And like, it, oh, I was just saying, I was like, because they were, it was in a situation where they were trying to like, weird, you know, how like people guilt trip you for being, I love trying to, try and yeah, be successful, you know, like, because they feel bad about themselves. They were doing that to me 
Yeah, and that's what that was happening to me. And they were trying to make me feel bad about going and moving. And they're like, they're like, well, that's you left 100% all your family and this and that. I'm like, I left all my family 100% so I can make happens. them wealthy, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's 20 years. Like, oh, that's another <laughs> thing I asked. I, I straight up asked. I was like, why do you care so much? I know. And I, then, why is my like, happiness tied to your happiness? Mm-hmm. Like, ask yourself that uh-huh. question. You just, that person, those people, yeah. need to sit and ask themselves. Anytime you run into something that you despise, you know, sans like, you know, like an axe murderer, right? But if you despise something or somebody's success in something, you better look real hard and deep into yourself and figure out why it is that you do. Most likely it's because you hate the fact mm-hmm. that they are so comfortable in their skin that they're willing to do what they most love doing uninhibited yeah, and you're you jealous the peak of- that you have not gotten the right emotional masturbation or motivation to actually be yourself Mm -hmm. you know what's funny about this to be authentic seems like seems like you're stepping off a cliff right really Uh does the moment that you are not going to be what you think anybody else wants you to be right that's a huge precipice Uh but it's literally about two inch drop with a fucking pillow underneath mm-hmm. it we don't know it 100 i agree fuck, that's it it's the same and situation it's like when i started my podcast i was like oh, why did i not do I this should have done this like, way this back not when. as hard as i thought it would be right like, i mean granted i went to film school so i already knew how to edit i already knew how to do sound design i already knew how to do all this stuff but like i had already had all these skills and i had just never applied them and i was like that's it like that's all I got to do. And like, I do everything myself. Like I do the editing, research, video, subtitle, all that stuff myself. And so like, I was just like, whoa, like once I turned that around, I was like, wow. And then, you know, I started studying like the algorithm and all these things. And like, I'm on a hiatus right now because I've been dealing with some family stuff, but I'm going, I'm coming back on Monday, a new episode on Monday. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you, man. Uh, it's been exciting. Oh, yeah. First and foremost, before I forget, you know, thank you for having me on and everything. And it's so exciting. Excited to, to have you, man. Back. And you're such a chill dude. And like, uh, you know, this has been a, yeah, dude, it's been a great conversation so far. Like, I, I'm excited for this. And, you know, like, I think I appreciate these that. are the type of conversations I try to have with people when I come on my podcast, you know, like down to earth. Like, you know, there's mental health podcasts that are just like strictly about like scientific you know study yeah <laughs> yeah last uh the serotonin reuptake <laughs> inhibitors are going to <laughs> Dope, bro, they're going real. to extract some dopamine from your neurological fucking butthole and i think <laughs> nobody cares about that shit uh, you might as well just be fucking speaking a different language i could be in like bulgaria right now because that's how much i give a fuck about what you're saying because none of those things mean anything to me because i uh-huh. know you're just giving descriptions of what are the reasons that i'm having problems from not being authentic simple as that every mental health issue you uh-huh. get is 
from some kind of inhibition yeah. to be authentic within yourself. It's like a fucking teapot, dude, but with like a hundred fucking mm -hmm. spouts and it's on boiling. And guess what? It can't sit there and be boiling with that on there. And what pops? One of those fucking things mm -hmm. pops up and it starts whistling. Anxiety, depression, fucking overeating, drugs, I agree, whatever yeah. it is, right? Those whistles start going. But if that thing never had a lid, it'd be fucking fine. Right. And those descriptions of the mental health experience, while I get that they are so needed, they uh -huh. are so great to be, you know, examined and uh -huh. understood so that we can help others in the human experience, because I 100%. believe there's a place for it. I think medications and pharmacological fucking studies inside of mental health do have a place, and they're a place for the pause button. They're a place for the pause button to find. What's causing you not to mm -hmm. be you? Whatever. So, the moment you start being you, you don't need the medication anymore because the medication was to keep you mm -hmm. from being you, right? Or was actually to keep you in a place to be able to find you, and the rest was there to keep you from finding you. The societal norms. You once you break that, you start to realize and love yourself. You romanticize the human experience mm -hmm. and what it is to see yourself in other people. I found the more that I speak to people, and I'm sure that you would mm -hmm. say the same, yep. there's a moment in a conversation where you realize that that person hears you. They understand it. It's that time where you're going to take it to the next level of conversation. You can see uh -huh. that you've handed them some kind of key. You don't know the lock. You didn't know that that was their lock yeah, of the yeah, day or sure. whatever it is. And you clicked it and you didn't give them like fucking discernment. I'm not saying we're fucking spiritually awakening somebody on a podcast, but, uh -huh. but it could be just that one little thread that unravels the larger, uh -huh. the whole larger thing. Right. So I love sitting here and talking about the human experience and mental health. Oh, you got um, it's not okay. just for the fact just that use the garbage disposal it above. needs to be discussed. <laughs> I have like some banging going on above me. If you okay. hear something right I now, I definitely heard it. It was like <laughs> making my whole apartment vibrate. <laughs> These LA apartments are so flimsy, dude. <laughs> I didn't hear it. If that's uh, if that's any help, yeah, it's so incredible. I tell my uh, I tell my friends you know, all the time like they'll fuck up in it or they'll editing say something, is amazing. Like, oh my god, I, it is oh, no. amazing what, what like, you dude, can do to audio after the fact. knock it right out. Right. You remember when you used to think that? Like you couldn't fuck it up because you didn't know you could edit it out or yeah, how much true. it was going to take. Or I think it's my generation more because we were. Oh, I mean, subjected I still to a minimal amount yeah, of photography. Yeah, I, 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 I had to experience that And if you fucked it up, too, it was memorialized really forever. High tech in this the stuff school photo. My like, I had like the fucking penis helmet haircut. So. Nah, dude, and and they, and then on top of that, uh, you didn't want to get caught even let you see the, the photo after you, you take it. You would go bro. down memorialized like they, in the fucking yearbook, they, all sorts of shit. You finger yeah, up and your then, nose, and then they 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 make you wait like three months, and then you see it. What <laughs> you don't even have the same haircut. You put that shit and two, key. It looks, you know what I mean? It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
You went to emo to K-pop, dog, real quick. You went from Mullet to Surfer Gut. That happened to me one year. One year, I was like in my one year, and I had to take photos. So I was like all black, and I had like black hair, and like you know. No, I never was that extreme. I grew up in a very, I grew up in a very, very, very conservative. Did you ever nails painted too? So that was a big like no no in my family. Okay, okay, yeah, big no no, big no no. And so, like, uh, obviously, they're much different now. Uh, but uh, at same, the time of growing same, up, uh, same. I wasn't allowed to do that stuff. But uh, no, I always think back to that photo because I remember getting the photos back, and I had branched into kind of my country phase, like a little like pop. <laughs> so I was not. I wasn't even dressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love this. I get all these things, dude. I, I was I rocking. had a Caesar at one point, like the Caesar haircut in the front. I had Luke, I had fucking Luke Perry sideburns yep. for a long time. Oh fuck it, I had a chin I had the strap. bowl cut. I from rocked Dumb so and Dumber, many looks. Bro. I had a mullet. Mullet went to rat tail. Rat tail went off. The it bow. became surfer cut. I always, dude. I used to... <laughs> yeah, I call yeah. that the mo. The Mo is uh, from Three Stooges. It's so old, but the one oh, wow. dude had that fucking the Mo haircut. It's the same one that they give all like kids. All like I lived in Japan for five years, and I feel like every child under the age of five is given that fucking. I love that the difference between our generations because like, you could sign with the Three like, Stooges, and I could sign with Lloyd Christmas. I was like, man, <laughs> tell let the hair grow. <laughs> Oh, Lloyd Christmas. No, 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 dude. I <laughs> I will take offense to that only because every time I come down the stairs in my house, I walk down like this as if he's coming down the stairs in the fucking hotel when he's got the tassels on his arms. Like, I do that walk I when I it. come down the stairs. My wife is like, fucking idiot. It. Every time I come down the stairs, there's somebody in the house. I It's like a fucking dad joke or something. I just can't oh, not oh my God. do it. Like I've got, so, if I had tassels he, on my arms, retired. I'd be hanging. He's I have retired. a cowboy hat on. Every time I come down, I love Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. I love Jim well, Carrey. Well, yeah, that too. And I yeah, was he's just, dude, it's like, when I try to explain this to people, he's done another, with, like Hollywood he's done stereotype is people think these parties and like these events are like these like ultra glamorous, fancy things. And they, they are, they are, but they're terrible events. They're like, they're not fun to go to at all. Like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> there are a bunch of screens and plastic cups that are made to look like glass and buffet tins with shit in it. Uh -huh. And fucking, like, they have a crew that comes in and throws tablecloths over the shitty tables that were there before, put like one little candle with a fake light in it. And everybody's there wearing their nicest clothes, snapping pictures, but don't do a 360 because you'll get that fucking cafeteria on the other side of the fucking thing. It's so bizarre. Because <laughs> you're in fucking it's so bizarre, some dude. stupid place that doesn't look like anything that's on that picture. It's so bizarre how we act as humans. Like, we're in a group of people acting like people we aren't. Like, we're not being us, and this uh -huh. is why I don't wear suits anymore. Like, I fucking talked, I had to wear suits for work all the time. I was a solution architect. Fucking uh -huh. hated that world, right? 
I got rid of them all because I'm like, I started looking at things as asshole filters, right? If you don't like me for the way I look or something about me on my person or a decision in the way that I've decided to dress or whatever, I feel you're it. a fuck. I don't care if I put a fucking a tattoo under my right eye. If you don't I like tell that me, to people all the time. fuck like, you. In LA, because you're it's a like human you have that to doesn't be like a like human that. for like, a fucking mark I'm, on their I'm face. Like, a lot of my pe- friends from back home, they're like, oh, you don't seem as nice as you used to be. And I was like, I mean, I'm still a nice guy, but I definitely can't be a nice guy out here, man. Like, people, people will take advantage of you. People, they'll just say weird, snarky shit to you like that. Like, oh, like, that's a stupid tattoo. Or like, oh, that, like, that's a stupid hair. Like, and they, People, you don't even know these people. They just like walk up to you and tell you. You know what I mean? Like that's like. Uh-huh. Yeah, bro. I think I should play a game. I like what you're saying because people do that. They need to uh-huh. uh, knock you down a peg real quick, so they because they feel bad. And yeah, I, I think you should play a game. Next time somebody comes up to you. And says like one of those items. They pick one. Uh-huh. Your uh, it, that's called like a negative compliment. Like they 100%. used to talk about that. And like dudes like should you know say something bad about a girl and then something nice so it kind of takes them down a peg or whatever it is. Next time one of them do this right and they point out one of your things, sit there and just in your head play a game of what's their bag. That's giving them the reason to say this. And you can fucking plug in anything. You could plug in the dumbest shit. Like you could imagine as the reason they have to point out your tattoo. Right? You could just come up with some of the weirdest things and just fucking plug it to them. Give them that and just Uh sit there and laugh at that in your head while they fucking continue with the nonsense that they're saying in front of you. Just be like, spin the wheel of issues issues and watch them like, your mom didn't yeah. hold you, right? <laughs> well, say the, the, I think the worst part about it too is like yeah, you just after watching, telling you, you just that, play they just go your straight head. to okay, their phones. Like, like that's all these Hollywood parties are. And, like, mm. are people just like? There's a lot of cool people. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of cool people I've met, right? <laughs> like, there's a lot of cool people, but like, it's just it's crazy to me how disrespectful, how arrogant, how just like entitled a lot of people are out here. <laughs> in LA and it it's like kind of going back to like oh like my tragedy is worse than yours type game that a lot of people like to play when Mm. people start playing that game and I don't say nothing dude I don't even bring up my past or nothing and I've had friends in the rooms be like dude like you could blow all these people away like with your shit I was like dude I was like I was like I was like who I was like why does it matter like that's that's what I said. I was like, I, was like I don't think I want to be noticed like the guy who went through the saddest shit. Who wants you know to I- be the best at the worst thing that could have happened? I was like, I don't need a job because people <laughs> pity me. <laughs> I don't want to be the winner. <laughs> I don't like this game. Right? I don't want to play. Yeah. But I mean, like, this is not a high score I want. Like, I don't want that issue. But see, there's an opposite to what we're discussing. There's the ones that will knock you down a peg. And then there's the ones that will come in and do something real weird. Right? And we don't notice it. You'll have, say we have a group of people in a room, a group of friends. And then one friend comes in 
and will announce that they look or feel fat in what they're wearing, knowing they weigh less than the majority of people in the room. They benchmark it. Not only are they giving themselves some kind of attention for being knowingly smaller, but feeling that way, they're also letting everybody else exactly. in the room know I've always now thought like that, too. that if they're upset about the way they look, I must be horrendous. Right? Because that's the mark that's being set. Don't, don't knock yourself down a peg uh -huh. because everybody's comparing themselves to everybody else. So if you knock yourself down a peg, you might as well be taking everybody with you. Go the other way. Uh-huh. You know, go the opposite direction. Let people follow you that way because they're going to follow you either way. And right? if, as long as you're being cool, but don't come in and benchmark a room with your fucking insecurities because then you're just setting somebody, everybody else up for failure immediately because you put a benchmark on the friendship or the room. Don't set the tone. I tell people all the time. I'm like, everybody notices it. <laughs> everybody notices it when you do it too. Like, People act like nobody notices when they're being a tool or they're being somebody that just isn't a nice person. Everyone acts like they don't, nobody they don't. notices it. But then you, but then as you're like taking it, you see everybody else looking around you at you. So you're looking at a completely different phenomenon though. And I kind of went through yeah. this for a lot of years where I believed that everybody could see what I could see, right? Uh -huh. And that's not necessarily the case because, again, we all have a different set of prescription lenses made out of experiences, 2040, 2020, whatever they yeah. are. I spent, right? my, I spent my whole life reading people, so you know what I mean? Like, and this is why, because you come up in a way that requires you to read every face that comes up to you because they might be the one that tells you you're fucked, not fucked, is he lying? Is he telling the truth? Is this person eh. padding their sympathy? Are they being celebratory when they shouldn't? Is this fake? Is it not being fake? Same thing is like, is dad going to hit me? Is dad not going to hit me? Is dad in a good mood? Uh -huh. Is dad... It's, it's the same phenomenon, but they're micro-reads, right? And we uh -huh. have words for them. We call them empaths and shit like that because they're born of struggle, right? But here's the thing. Not everybody can see those fractures in other people. And we're not talking about whether or not they're being truthful because that's not what uh -huh. it is. It's whether or not they know they're being truthful or not because they'll be spewing off these things and it won't be what they even believe. Uh -huh. It becomes such a character that they're spitting it out. You'd see people get hired, you know, and for me coming from a struggled background, it, it was really uh -huh. odd for me to see like somebody get hired like and i would walk into the room and look at him for the first time like dude that guy's might as well be twisting an imaginary mustache who the fuck hired him he looks like a villain like i can smell uh -huh. all the deceit on him like this is a whole character that we're looking at why didn't anybody else see it because they don't come from the same background they don't know what people are using as masks in moments uh -huh. right you're 100%. gonna be gifted you're gonna see that and but the problem is is we can't hold everybody else to the same standard of perception right uh -huh. i had to learn this because i was like for a long time i just didn't fucking understand i'm like why the f i'm slowly i'm slowly starting to learn right, it slowly right. starting to learn it and for sure i think the goal is when you do have this understanding you just take that moment to pass out fucking uh -huh. flyers to happiness right if you're searching for happiness 
go look for one of happiness's flyers that are laying out there pinned to everything uh-huh. because you don't force it on somebody you don't say you're not like a fucking uh-huh. a uh you know a club a girl outside a club in fucking new york or la wearing like a big jacket holding flyers trying to push you in the front door for money right uh-huh. don't be that be the one that puts a stack of them next to something you think that's cool and let somebody take it if they want it but make sure you make your flyers right Make your flyers, mm-hmm. put them out there, because you never know who's going to pick up that one. Who's going to be uh-huh. in that moment, and they're going to pick it up. Again, you can't uh-huh. Westboro your fucking thoughts down somebody's throat, but you can show people how you've found happiness. I think the search uh-huh. for happiness is inside. And I think that... Oh, yeah, 100%. Right. And I, I know you know that. And I think that you've... Uh-huh taken your experience and put a lot of care into sharing the lenses that you have for life because let's face it you're up against a clock when you're in these situations constantly other people don't have you know if you have like a debilitating uh i tell people that all the time if you have epilepsy of a certain level or Uh something like that you're walking right around with that in your mind but here's the thing your experience shouldn't be any different than mine because I don't know if there's something after this either, right? I don't know. All I know nah. is that I have an autonomic system that fucking gives me the next breath. That's it. My life does not go beyond that, uh-huh. right? So why the fuck do I care about next month? Uh-huh. Next month is not in existence it's not here so once you get rid of the future you start to fucking get rid of anxiety and worry and you start looking at what the fuck is around you shit gets greener shit gets happier Uh shit gets fucking so Uh much fun because you're not thinking about what's gonna happen or what happened Uh you can't sit and fucking wallow in surgeries what the fuck you lose your gd yeah no i tell yeah, no, I tell people all the time. I was just having this conversation. I went to a party last night and it was like a it was actually a podcast like promotion party oh, cool. for another buddy of mine. Yeah. And I was talking to a guy there and you know, he was just kind of explaining like you can't just let these things pass you up, man. Like especially when you come from backgrounds like us, you know, like you like for me for instance, my whole life like I just waited for a situation Yay. to arise so I could get out. You know what I mean? And so like, and then they're like, oh, you don't really need that much surgery anymore. I'm like, love, peace, and chicken grease. Though. I'm out of here. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Deuces. And so, exactly. And so in looking for like people, I was explaining this to somebody last night that no matter what you do, no matter how badly you want to do something, like you just got to, gotta do it man you just gotta do it you just gotta do it and if and if you don't do it you're gonna sit there for the rest of your life and be like why am i even at least try there is somebody the out there all the time. that impulsively stood up on a table and started to sing one day and they're out there somewhere living their life and it all started uh-huh. with the fact that they went on intuition this is a fucking moment let me just jump up here and fucking do what I feel like doing right uh-huh. now with everybody here. And guess what's going to happen? That's the moment. 
That's the one that uh -huh. changes it. That's the one that springs you forward into what you're talking about. Uh, that fucking when fun path. Yeah, when it feels scariest to jump, that's when you should jump. And I told you, man, if it had a sound effect after that jump, you'd be like, <laughs> like, yep. that, that exactly. would, like, jump off of it like somebody squeezed a duck. That's the whole fucking thing. Like, it's so anticlimactic. I love it. You're I up there it. blindfold on. <gasps> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be myself. <laughs> that's it. Oh, it's true though. It's it? true though. Like as long as you just get over the fear of something, you just do it. Like it literally, <laughs> that's how it feels. You're just like, that's it. It's gotta be the like, easiest thing the... in the fucking world to do because here's what people don't that's tell you. That's what keeps me going. Personalities are lies. For Think sure. Think about that. The way that someone acts is actually a lie. It is a false truth it is something that is not real if you go home and talk to your wife different than you talk to the clerk at fucking whatever grocery store one of them's not real or possibly both if you don't fucking care about your wife one of those two people is a fucking character <laughs> right and ask yourself why sure. was the character ever required and then ask yourself how many fucking characters you've got and then ask yourself, where are they when you're not being them, right? Uh -huh. And you might find them all hanging over your shoulder in mass in a sack that stinks like fucking shit, right? <laughs> and the reality is you're carrying your own bag of shit, walking around with uh -huh. it, going, why does it stink? They're carrying a bag of shit. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. Those are personalities. Those are memories True. of who you were when you talked to somebody. If you have to remember how you left off the last time you were with someone before you meet them again, you're recollecting your mask. You're trying to level set who you are the last time you were when you met them. Where are we within our fucking societal structure? All these uh -huh. things. But the moment you can walk in to your fucking friends and be like, yo, pull my finger. Like, as soon as you walk in the door, that's a different relationship. Be you, dude. Uh -huh. If you can be uh -huh, you, that's it. Uh-huh. I completely agree, man. I completely agree. And it's a... I don't know why society has such an issue with it, too. I, I just... I don't get that concept of, like... Fear. It, it Fear, yes. But it's just, like, there's just no need for it, man. Because, like... One thing I have learned the most, I think, since being in LA, is that there is cake for everybody. You know what I mean? There's room for everybody to do whatever they want. Like, if I wanted to right now, like, I could quit acting and go into real estate or go into music or go into all these things because I have all these connections here in LA but like that. You here's know what I the mean? thing. So You're actually describing the fragility of the human experience and the capability to do anything and everything you want at any given time because it's really just based upon action you can pick mm -hmm. all the roles that you could as an actor in real life yeah. i've done so many different jobs and so many different career paths they're just fucking roles i just learn what that role takes 
do it for a while and then realize it didn't make me happy and all I've been doing is choosing roles when in reality I should have just been me, right? The whole time. Mm -hmm. I tell people, even as an actor, like going forward, like I tell them like, the art of acting is literally just being yourself and putting yourself in that character's shoes. And like, I don't know why that's such a wild concept for a lot of people to understand, but like, I just meet a lot of actors that don't even understand that concept. It's like, what yeah. would what would you do in that situation, right? Okay, and then elaborate what the character would do in that situation. And then you have to infuse those two because you can't obviously be this character 100%. Like, there's method acting, yeah, but like that shit can be dangerous too. Like, I'm definitely not a method actor. So, Heath Ledger might tell you different. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. it gets dangerous. It yeah. can get dangerous. It's very that way. dangerous. That's why I'm like, you, that, it can be very that dangerous. That should tell you how fractured the human experience is. If you can take that's what I'm a saying. role over a short period of time and create a whole new personality and feeling about reality, then that should tell you that even the one that you've chosen is just as fucking easy to change as the one that uh -huh. you're acting right now. There's a lot of actors out there that have come to conclusions after playing many roles that they then have that look back on the fractured lens that is the masks that everybody wears. I think that's what Jim Carrey did. Um, I believe that he yes, sees that 100%. fracture in society or in oh, our he, egos. He thinks, yeah, he thinks uh, Hollywood's spineless, which he isn't wrong. No, uh, I saw an interview spineless. with him and he was like, yeah, well, yeah, and but he was explaining what made him decide he wanted to retire. I, I watched an interview of this, was the Chris Rock and Will Smith slap. Mm. That's what made him want to I retire. I think I did hear this. He was like, because he it. was like, he's like, when I saw how spineless this entire industry was, he was like, I was done. He's like, he's like, I felt so disgusted and so, and I mean, I don't blame him. I felt the same way. I was like, Sitting there as a young filmmaker, I was like, Yo, Here's the like, thing. We're all one decision, yeah. one impulse away from the penitentiary. We don't discuss that we all have intrusive thoughts. It's just oh, a matter time, of dude. who's the one that grabbed it. Intrusive thoughts, thoughts as a whole, are not yours. Thoughts are there for you uh -huh. to take. They are out there roaming around yeah. in your head and you create your realities from the one you choose, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. you reach out and you grab 100%. it. That's your reality now until you let it go. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy how the world has just turned and I understand, I get it, because a lot of people just want to make it and they want to make a name for themselves but I think a lot of people forget that, yeah, it's great if you make it to the top. Awesome. But if you burned every bridge, you screwed over every person to get there, you're going to be there alone, buddy. But it's not the and top. And that's my thing. I keep telling my buddy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I keep telling, I have so many people since I left film school that were like my friends, right? And I remember I, sh I went and directed a, a short film uh, a few months ago and you know i i had done hundreds of favors for all these people on my set and majority of them you know pulled through like i'd say 98 percent of them pulled through 
you know, which I'm so grateful for. Those are people you'll work with again. But yeah, 100%. But the two most important people didn't show up on the last day, which was the gaffer, which is the guy with the whole lighting, all the lighting. Yeah. And then the sound guy. Whoops. Like my two most. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, yeah. Were and you, they, they were you filming me. like Blair Witch Project? <laughs> no, no, no. That's what like, I mean. Like I was you're missing a, everything. Still, it's just like some fucking running through the woods with a camera. I know. Shit. <laughs> I know. And it was we we had shot for three days already, and then on this last day, this is how spineless Hollywood can be. Is like I wasn't paying as much, so he like the gaffer and the sound people literally found better jobs for better pay that day, and just like. Call, they called me at like 12 in the morning that day and we're like hey i'm not gonna make it i had paid gig i'm like well this is a paid gig they're like well this one pays more i'm like okay that's fucked I'm up like, that's, that's an cool. integrity that's not, issue there but it but that's what i'm saying is nobody it seems i mean not nobody i mean there's a lot of cool people i know out here that i love and i really enjoy working with but a lot of people out here have zero integrity anymore they have zero self-awareness like that's my big thing i've really realized especially the last three months are they gonna change out here going to parties no that's the thing that's the crazy thing is you and know don't it's never worry gonna about change it. so it's like just watch them that's that's what i'm saying yeah, treat them yeah. like fucking like you're at the zoo like that's the uh-huh. rare narcissistic rhinoceros and i'm just gonna watch it in its natural environment Oh, that's a Karen. And it's in, just let it fucking look at it like it's through glass. Right? And if yeah. they try to cross just, your reality, step to the left and just let them fucking roll right on by. Because you can't uh-huh. change them. That's like trying to fucking convince a zombie to buy a microwave. Like, what the fuck are you standing doing that for? <laughs> I just want to say, <laughs> I love like... I just want to say I love every analogy you've given this entire episode. <laughs> Could you imagine selling a microwave to a fucking song? Yeah, I heard one. <laughs> you probably, you probably, you probably shouldn't put this one in the episode because it's a little fucking dark. But someone <laughs> told me an analogy last night because I was talking about like writing a script, and I was like, "Oh, I've been working on it for like three years," but this person wants to lowball me for money, and this dude was like, "He's like, okay, we'll view this." As your child, I was like, okay. He's like, would you let someone fuck your three year old? Whoa. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I wouldn't, but that's an amazing way to put it. Holy shit. Anthony Jeslinek, is this who you were talking to right then? You were having a conversation yeah. with that comedian, dude. Yeah. You've, uh, do you know who he is? I know who that is. Yeah, that's like, like, that sounds like some shit he'd say. Someone said that, and it was like the I'm not gonna say who what company it was for and so, but like it was it was like the CEO of like a like a really big talent agency, and he was like, "That's he's like he's like that's what I tell my close friends in private, so they don't sell their movies for low prices." And I was like, I was like, "Does it require?" I will this never much? forget. I know, I know, but it but it dude, it sets you in a there, dude. You're like. That, that's what I'm saying though. It's such a benchmark. You never forget it. You're just like, yeah, I'm never letting anyone buy my movie. <laughs> if, if there was, if there was like a uh, compadre in this fucking fight, like if you had somebody else in this situation, there's another dude uh-huh. standing next to you in front of the stripper pole with gloves on, <laughs> trying to keep anybody's daughter off of them. 
you're trying to protect your script. This guy's over here knuckling up for the pole. The other one's outside of a fucking shooting an apartment. No, not my kid. <laughs> I love this scenario. Dude, we're going to fucking talk forever. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up I this episode. It. I definitely think you're going to be yeah. back. Um, I genuinely uh, appreciate, appreciate you. I, I really want you guys. I really want you guys on my episodes. Too, Absolutely, my we'll show. definitely come on. I love. Uh, I love talking about all yeah. kinds of stuff, especially about the human experience and the uh, the human uh -huh. condition. It is a it is a condition. We suffer as a species. Just look around. Animals avoid us. We don't avoid animals. Right. One of these things uh -huh. is not like the other. Pay attention to what we're doing. You, my friend. Uh -huh. um, are something or you've done things that people could really learn from um and that's not that you've gone through struggles right struggles are struggles and i get that i'm not going to discount you've went through some horrifying ones but they can learn from you by embracing the human experience and being yourself and giving everything to what you love right because that shows that you're uh. taking advantage of the one thing that we know is in existence and that is now uh. right uh. and aptly called i say it a lot the present it's a gift you have to treat it that way open it every morning uh -huh. i heard a, uh -huh. a analogy the other day or a, a question you know like if i gave you 10 million dollars would you quit your job well yeah i'd quit my job whatever if i gave you 10 uh -huh. million dollars you know if you but you'd have to die tomorrow would you uh would you take the money you know or something like that but if i gave you 10 uh -huh. million dollars you wouldn't take it if it meant you died tomorrow, but why uh -huh. isn't tomorrow worth $10 million or more, right? Because you want the human experience. Right. So fuck that. Enjoy this. And I appreciate uh -huh. you. Thank you for being open and um, you. You know, allowing people a place to um, find solace in the fact that they're not alone. And... Um, if you uh, ever need anything from the show, you let us know. Um, you want to tell everybody where they can yeah, find man. you and um, uh, what they yeah. can expect to find? Yeah, 100%. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me on, dude. This was such a great conversation. Um, I can't wait to be back on. Um, I definitely want you to be on my Searching for Happiness podcast as well. Love I it. definitely look forward to meeting the other guys as well. Sounds like you got a team there. So, um, But yeah, you can find me on Spotify, Apple, um, Audible, uh, Amazon, kind of any streaming service, you know, um, searching for happiness podcast, uh, is a mental health podcast where I take pretty much everyday artists or everyday people. Um, and I talk to them about their struggles and what they did to overcome them. And we also talk about our careers and just life in general. Um, but you can catch me I on love Spotify that. and you, I'm on YouTube now too, as well. We do a video format now. You can catch me on Instagram, TikTok. Love it. You All do great work. Is for the reels. Your editing is fantastic. Thank you so much, man. I, I, I noticed that so as soon as I went in Likewise. there and took a look. I appreciate I saw, that, I watched man. some of your guys' clips, too. Yeah, you guys are doing good. You guys are I great. I appreciate that. I love you. I love you. I was like, uh, especially the multi-camera thing. That's the one thing I'm still working on because I got like my own, I, I mm -hmm. pay for everything myself and stuff like that. So I'm still working on the multi-cam, but so I love you guys having multiple camera angles. Like it looks real professional. It looks clean. You know, I appreciate like I'm, that, man. I've put a lot of work into this yeah. because nobody's going to listen yeah, to our message tell. if it tastes, if it, you know, if it's like shit. Um, exactly. You know, people exactly. don't like That's shitty why, like, audio. I don't know. One hundred percent. I don't know if you can even see this behind me. Uh, let me turn it up. But it's like I had to 
put in this wall back here because it's just like you need something to look at you know what i mean oh yeah yeah like i had dude yeah i had the plaster. i love it you can see like pla- yeah see it's all yep. plastered up on my wall yep but yeah it's see, all about like, just, uh, the appearance it. It, it, it's all about the appearance and it's all about you know just making people feel you like respect they your message enough to clean it up and make it presentable then why the fuck am i gonna listen to it exactly that's why i tell people all the time like they put out like really poor quality things i'm like you guys like like it's not blowing up i'm like it's not gonna ever blow up dude like you don't yeah, seem you like might you as care. well be fucking doing like a tap dance in front of 7-eleven it's got the same fucking capability of fucking drawing a crowd asshole put it on a stage <laughs> turn on some lights fucking give people a reason to want to watch it don't fucking sit out there For fucking sure. dancing around the lottery tickets fucking let's yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll end thank up going you, yeah, forever. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, brother. Remember, everybody, be cool yeah, thank you so and keep much. learning. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs>